It's mailbag time, and we're going to answer some questions about the state of Boston College Athletics. We're going to look at BC's defense. I'm going to talk a little bit about what's the next steps in terms of their development, and we'll get into the women's basketball game in the NIT. All of this and more on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. Happy Friday, everyone. I hope you had a great week. I know I did. Today's episode is brought to you by Stat Hero. Stat Hero is reshaping the way you play fantasy sports. Dozens of house based games to play daily. No sharks, no funky props, just your skill versus the lineups you choose. Sign up today at stathero.com slash locked on. Now, today is going to be our Mailbag Friday. And we have a, more of a condensed version because I had a lot I wanted to get into. So we're going to have a few questions from our Mailbag. Most of them came from Facebook. And I'll get into uh, what you can what you have all asked me. Now, if you want to ask questions to us on Facebook, just look up Boston College SI. So if you go to, uh, if you put in BC Bulletin or facebook.com slash Boston College SI, hit that like button. That's your next assignment for me. Go to facebook.com slash Boston College SI and make sure you like our page. So first question comes up from DJ Fullerton, who wanted to know, do you see BC lowering these their academic standards to allow student athletes to be start being a winning program? Now, that's like the million dollar question, right? With BC sports is like, Admissions is always a challenge of getting players in. I've heard all sorts of stories of players that haven't been able to get in because they haven't been able to get past admissions. And it, the the short end of the question, short end of that answer is no. They will not be able to lower admission standards. That being said, I think the admission standards excuse is a little um, suspect. I don't think it's as bad as you think it might be. I mean, basically, if the kid can come into school and breathe and do his work. I think you can get into most of these schools. And I don't think BC is honestly that far off. You know, they they might want a kid that doesn't have like a 1.0 in high school or who can barely, you know, who is struggling academically so badly that they would never be able to be successful. But they put a ton of stuff in. And I think they have kind of lowered their academic standards, right? I mean, how long has it been since they've had a JUCO? I mean, Paul Peterson, is that the last one we've had before they brought in Jaden Zachary? And he's doing great. Um I think there you don't hear about it as much, but I, my thought is with with the admission stuff, BC is what it's going to be, and you know there's other schools that have tough admission standards in you know schools like Notre Dame, Stanford, Duke. You're going to hear about that, um, you know, and they're successful. They're all successful. So BC just needs to find their niche. They got kids that want to come here, um, and you will you'll find kids that don't you know qualify to come here, but you can look at some of those SEC schools. They have the same issues. It's not just BC. Some of those schools get kids that can't get into those schools either. You know, it may be a little bit lower in terms of the standards, but I think BC, um, is, you know, it's tough, but I think they can they let a lot of kids in. So great question. Thank you, DJ. All right, Glenford Sutherland, who is a 
uh, regular listener to our podcast. I know he comments a lot, and I'm glad he reached out with a question. Who will be the breakout players on offense and defense next year? Now, this is a lame answer I'm going to give you because I'm going to pick an offensive lineman for uh, the breakout player, and that's Christian Mahogany. Like He is like right on the edge of being a superstar, and I think he's going to catapult his way into becoming a superstar. Now, I've talked about this for the podcast for the last like month or so, but I love Coach Googs, the new offensive lineman coach. Um, and it seems like, based off of Halfley's comments and the offensive lineman co- comments, that they're enjoying his like attention to detail, his attention to fundamentals. I don't know. I thought Christian Mahogany was great under um, Matt Applebaum, but I think he's going to be even better you know, with another year under him and with this new coaching staff. So my offensive breakout player is going to be an offensive lineman, Mahogany. And I think he's going to be the next Zion Johnson in terms of like elite BC offensive lineman. And he'll tell you that too, because he, I remember earlier this year, he told me he's going to be the best lineman in the country this year. So he's got big shoes to fill, but I'm going to pick him. And on the defensive side of the ball, breakout, I'm going to go with Jaden Woodbing. And again, just like Christian Mahogany, like good year last year, but I'm going on top of that to say breakout year, like superstar year, because this kid can do everything. And we saw glimpses of it all over the place last year for BC, but with a better defense that continues to evolve around him, he could be that superstar on that defense. And right behind him, I'd put Donovan Azaraku too, the defensive end. You know, he got some really valuable playing time. I imagine he's going to be the second defensive end, you know, across from Marcus Valdez this year. So 1A would be 1B, uh, Donovan Azaraku. So thank you, Glenford, for those questions. Uh, John Reardon wants to know, what improvements would you like to see being made in Alumni Stadium? All right, first of all, I'll go through, I'm going to give you a bunch of answers, and these answers are the ones that all the fans are going to go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Remember, I, I don't have season tickets anymore because I'm in the media. I go, I go When I go to games now, I go and sit in the press box. This year, I'll probably go to a game with my son because I know he really wants to go to a game, so I'll go as a fan. But for the most part, I sit in the press box now. Now, that being said, I remember exactly the stuff I liked and didn't like when I was, when I was sitting in the seats like you guys did. First of all, upper deck, get some bathrooms up there. My God. I I know I, it, I think he's on Twitter as MattBCO3. This is like his like life goal is to get that going. And I, I amen Matt. If you're listening to this podcast, amen. Because I sat up there and now with the additions of beers. So you go up there, you grab two beers, right? You get your your Bud Lights or whatever. You sit up there and you watch the game. And of course you have to go to the bathroom. It's like a 10 minute journey just to get to the bathroom, and then it's like a five minute wait. So you're you're talking like. 20 to 25 minutes of missed game if you have to go to the bathroom, which is ridiculous. Now, they got all that concourse in the upper deck. Figure a way to get a bathroom in there. And, you know, it could be a smaller bathroom, like four stalls, four urinals, whatever it is. Just figure it out. Um, The next thing I'd love to see at BC, seatbacks. I saw them start to do it with uh, donors-based seats last year. I mean, can't they just get a sponsorship and just have them all? with, like, a logo on it from, like, you know, Sullivan Tires or, or uh, Men's of Watertown or whatever that was that Al Skinner used to uh, advertise. I mean, I I hate I hate sitting in uh, bleacher seats, especially when, like, it's wet or it's cold. 
and I I brought my own seat backs and stuff like that, but just make them seat backs, and keep the upper deck the bleachers, but just make the whole lower bowl. And if it means increasing the cost for a year for like five bucks to make it happen, just do it. That's a big one. My third one, and this is going back to like what you know, my this is this is goes to my heart. You know, if you look at BC, there's that open concourse where they have. My favorite, my favorite sausage stand. That's like the best sausage in in the in Alumni Stadium. But make that a beer garden. Get Night Shift. Get Trillium Treehouse. I don't care any of the local breweries that are awesome, and let them set shop up there and put the sausage stand there and have it as a beer garden. Open if you want to get fans in there early. Open that up. Have them go in. That gives you an experience that you can have uh, fans in. You could have them, uh, you know, on campus. That's a great thing. So a beer garden would be awesome. So those are my thoughts. You know, things like the boards, I, they've already done all that. So those are my big ones. Um, I'd also like the sound system to get a little better. I know it's been, uh, I mean, last year it was hard to hear because I was in the box. But, like, when I was used to be there, it sounded awful. <laughs> and so I, I would think getting some, a new sound system would be a big thing too. So thank you, John, for that question. Our final question is hockey, and I love hockey. Daniel Kelleher asks, "Who do you have any information on the next Ben's hockey coach when Coach York retires? I don't. I have my guesses who's going to be the next head coach when he retires. I got like three names, and these are the three names I'm kind of like onto right now. First one is Greg Brown, who I always thought was going to be his replacement until he left the team to become, I think he went to the Rangers uh, as an assistant head coach. And now he's with, and I'm going to probably screw their name up, the Dubeck Fighting Saints. Um, and I think they're part of the USF, USHL. Excuse me, yeah, USFL. They're not football. Um, and so he's one that I thought of. I'm He's lower on my list now. So he's one. Second on my list, I think, would be Greg Kavanaugh. Uh, Mike Cavanaugh, excuse me. Uh, Mike Cavanaugh of the UConn, who's brought the Kahuskies, a program I never thought had much of a chance of doing anything, to the Hockey East Finals. Um, he's obviously a former Boston College assistant. He worked under York for years. He's done a nice job with UConn, um, a program that just joined Hockey East a couple years ago, and I've really kind of built that up. He'd be my second. Like, he'd be number two, Greg Brown, number three. My number one choice, I, I would love to see um, – BC, go out and steal Greg Carvel from UMass. And if there's any Minutemen fans out there, I apologize. And there may not even be a chance. But if you want a guy that has already shown at a program like UMass, no offense to the Minutemen, but they're not at the same level at BC in terms of hockey prestige, hockey history. They've done a nice job of making themselves really good. The last, I mean, they won a national championship. But I think BC could outbid them and out get the, they could get him if they wanted to. So he would be my number one choice. Will they go for him or will they go for an assistant? I don't know. I still get the sense that York isn't going anywhere for a while. So this is like kind of like my talk, but like he doesn't seem like he's retiring soon. And as I said on an episode, I think last week, I expect that if he does leave, we'll hear about it for about a year. So I think he'll be back next year. I don't know how many more years he has left, but I don't expect him to go. Thank you for all your questions today. We had quite a few and, um, I wanted to make sure I got to them all. If you have questions, make sure to hit me up at Locked on BC.
on Twitter or on Facebook or Instagram. I always put posts up and I try to get them up early, but I didn't do a good job this week. But thank you for all who submitted questions. Now, in a moment, I'm going to talk about BC's defense. We just talked about Jaden Woodbank, but I'm going to talk about where their next step needs to be in terms of taking that next step. Now, this is the time of the year that I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions. Not this year. I'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Bill Bar. It almost feels like it's not really a resolution because I actually enjoy eating them. Eating them. Puffs, have you tried them yet? Have you? I've been talking about them so much, but you really need to try them. They are yummy, they are full of protein, and they're 100% covered in chocolate. Check out the cinnamon churro, the coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, or right now they have the brownie batter puff. I mean, delicious. You need to check these out. All built bars are covered 100% with chocolate. They're low-calorie, high-protein, and you can replace your candy bars with these because they're better and they're good for you too. Head on over to built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at built.com. This is Locked On Boston College. I'm going to give you some of that good football stuff that you love to talk about. And that's heading ahead, going ahead to 2022. I felt guilty on yesterday's episode if you didn't listen to it. Uh, we talked, I, I kind of got into a discussion about the 2021 season, I gave three heartbreaking plays that kind of changed the shape of that season. And, you know, we're already into spring season, but I, it was something I wanted. I had like, I have my notebook full of uh, topics that are kind of things I could talk about. And I had not got, I had not got to that yet. And so now I want to move ahead. I want to look at 2022, forget about 2021, right? We've talked extensively about the offense, you know, with Phil Dracovic coming back, he is one of the key factors, obviously, into the success of BC heading into the 2022 season. But it's also important to talk about this defense because now we're heading into year three of Tem Lokabu and Jeff Halfley's vision in reforming BC's defense from what Steve Adazio has. And one of the things that Steve Adazio didn't have a lot of was speed. You know, he had some speed at different spots, but Jeff Halfley wants speed everywhere. And the way he's done this with his defense is trying to get those faster linebackers um, and faster safeties that can move all around the field and get, you know, just speed all over the place. You hear about it with some of the players. You look at their size and their stats. You could see that they're faster. Now, this year, again, you're starting to cycle out those older players from Adazio, the Mike Palmers, Brandon Sebastians, um, TJ uh, Rams. They're, they're all going, you know, Brandon Barlow. You're going to get more of a chance to continue to add – Halfley's guys. So what's the next step for this defense? The statistics show that they've they're they've been going in the right direction. And I don't I didn't pull the specific stats, but I can tell you just because I have all this stuff jammed in my head. What's well, great stuff to have, right? Like knowing stats. But you know, football for defense when um when Steve Adazio was here, they were in the hundreds, right? They jumped to 70th last in 2020. And they were in the 30s to 40s last season. So what does BC need to get better at on defense? What do we need to look for to see this defense take that next step? Now, the biggest piece, I think the secondary is set. You lost Brandon Sebastian, who was good. But they're, that that group is deep. Especially, you know, they've got some really good players. I don't want to say they're deep. They're, they're just talented. they got a lot of good talent. you got Josh DeBerry. You've got Elijah Jones, uh, C.J. Burton, uh, and some kids that you haven't seen play yet, right? Like, you know, 
uh, Jalen Cheek, J- Jalen Williams. You've got a, got a bunch of different guys that could fill those roles. I think are going to be really impressive heading in. So secondary, I don't think it really needs to do much of anything. It's that front seven that needs to take it up a notch. Once that seven take it to that next level, I think BC is going to have a very strong defense. And if you pair that with that offense, that's when BC takes that next step. But will this be the year that they do that? I, you know, I look at the linebacker position. You got Cam Arnold out there, who is switched from safety, and he was, you know, hit or miss last year. I think it's fair to say that he had some good moments. Sometimes he looked like a player that just switched positions. Right? You put him next to a true freshman last year, Bryce Steele, who, you know, is the quintessential Jeff Halfley linebacker. I mean, he's a safety hybrid. He's fast. He can go all over the field. And then you got your thumper and Vinny De Palmer. So you got some talent there. And I like the diversity of what they can do. Like you got your speed and you got your your power. And you need both of those. You got you need guys that can go down hit, hill and hit. You need guys that can go side to side and tackle guys. They got a lot of that. But will they go to that next level in 2022? And that's a question I can't answer. Right? I I couldn't tell you. You know, that you're going to have to wait to see the pro- product on the field to see if they do that. We pretty much know what you got with De Palma. But the other two are kind of unproven commodities at this point. You know, I think what where Cam Arnold takes that next step, where Bryce Steele takes that next step, will be where that unit goes, right? Because De Palma will be your rock. Those other two, I think you just need to see them take that next step. And then the front seven, I mean front four, excuse me. This is the piece that I think is the biggest factor for BC to have success this year. Because... You're having Marcus Valdez for like the 13th straight year as your defensive end. No, I'm kidding. He's been there, what, like four or five years now. And again, proven commodity. You know what you're going to get with him. I don't think you're going to be able to get more than what he's done already unless you improve players around him to make him, um, you know, a little bit more flexible and and less, less of the emphasis on him. But that other defensive end position is going to be so critical heading into this year. Whether that's Sheeta Salah... Whether that's Donovan Azaraku, who uh, Jeff Halfley just said at practice last yesterday, um, you know he th- could envision him having ten plus sacks this year. You get it. I mean, if I know that's coach speak, and I'm not going to get into it, but I mean, if, just imagine if you had Donovan Azaraku out there getting ten plus sacks, that whole defense is going to be great because you're going to have uh, Marcus Valdez next to him having six. You get a couple up front. You're all of a sudden you have a really good pass rush, right? That pass rush will be the difference between a average to decent defense and a good defense. And I think that pass rush is what BC has lacked, a consistent pass rush over the last two years. You bring that in with that secondary, and all of a sudden that defense is going to click it up a notch. And that is when you're going to want to see this defense really humming out there. So I think some improvement on the linebackers' core Finding that second defensive end that can do something, and my money would be on Donovan, Donovan Azaraku at this point. He kind of fits a lot of what I think Halfley's trying to do at the edge. Um, you add that, it's going to make Marcus Valdez better. That will be where the defense has to go. And I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen. I'm not I'm not um, blowing sunshine up your butt here. I'm just saying that's what they need to do to get that defense going to that next level. Do you agree with me? 
I'd love to hear about it. So hit me up wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you can find me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. So find me there. Tell me if you agree with me or not. I'd love to hear your thoughts. In our last segment, we're going to talk about the women's basketball team whose season ended on Thursday night. Now, our next partner has a product I use literally every day. I started using Athletic Greens because I don't have time to waste and I want a better gut health. Now, I've been on it for about four months now and I love it. I don't. It doesn't taste like it's super healthy. It has kind of a mild tropical taste. I actually look forward to it every morning. So what is this stuff? With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 quality minerals, vitamins, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy recovery, focus, and aging, all the things that you need. So why do I take it? Because I'm getting up there. I'm getting older, guys. We're all getting older. And when I need to feel better, I need to eat right. And I think a good dose of Athletic Greens every morning must is a must for me. It costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. It has over 7,000 five-star reviews. And it's trusted by all sorts of leading experts such as Tim Ferriss and Michael Gervais. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com college. Again, that's athleticgreens.com college to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Now, it's March Madness, and the college basketball tournament is finally upon us. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, BetOnline.net is the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for your all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting in your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Head on over to BetOnline. Where the game starts on Boston College, time to end this uh, episode on a really bad note. And that is BC women's basketball season came to an end on Thursday night as they were stunned uh, at the very end by Columbia, losing by three points. Now, BC jumped out to an early lead in this game. They, They showed right off the bat that they were the better team athletically. They were hitting shots. Then it all just kind of got into this malaise and they just were kind of just there. They weren't able to really put their offense together. They let Columbia, who had a hot crowd, and the announcers were all over them, um, get into this. And by the end of the game, it was down to one point. Uh, Columbia inbounded it, and it was a beautiful pass, but it was also a really bad uh, defensive lapse by BC. Left a a girl wide open underneath, and she just laid it in. BC uh, gets the ball back with like 15 seconds or 12 seconds left. Taylor Soul goes to the to the rack. Uh, good defense by Columbia. She's not able to uh, lay it in. They foul and that's it. That's it. BC season is over. It's it's disappointing because uh, you know this was a game that they could have won. This was a very winnable game for BC and they don't and, and it ends now. Uh, so you're gonna. This is the end of the season for some of these players. Taylor Soul, her career's over. Cam Schwartz is gone, and we just found out today 
two other women on the team are transferring, and one of them was a big one, I thought. Michaela Dickens, who is BC's kind of their sharpshooter, is entering the transfer portal in her graduate year. Now, I don't know what her deal is. It could be kind of like what Halfley has, where there's so many, you know, extra years given out that she may just need, the, uh, Joanna McNamee may just need the roster spot, or, you know, Michaela Dickens just wants something else. I'm not sure. She wasn't there. She wasn't playing today. Um, but she's entering, and then uh, Jalen Batts, who is a true freshman, kind of a role player off the end of the bench, didn't really see all that much. She entered the transfer portal as well. So that will be two new transfer spots for Joanna McNamee to hit in the transfer portal. And one that they got last year, Dontavia Wagner, really had a strong game today. Um, and she looked really good to start the game off. She had nine points right off the bat, played some really good defense. But it's a bummer because this is like, you know, the end of the road for them. Now, basketball's done, hockey's done. You know, we're just basically for the rest of the season, we just have baseball and softball and women's lacrosse left. And so we'll talk a little bit about women's lacrosse. I'll make sure that we kind of cover that here on the show as we continue our five days a week as we uh, head into the spring. Um, So this weekend, we'll have some more coverage of uh, the weekend at Boston College in terms of practice. Uh, in uh, recruiting tra- uh, visits. If there's any big names, we'll make sure to have it up at bcbulletin.com. Make sure to check that out. Follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC and at LockedOnBC. Thank you all who have listened to every show this week. If you haven't, go back and binge it. It's a 25-minute episode. You can go back to Monday. Boom, 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 boom. And most of them are going to be pretty... Uh, um, current because there haven't been a ton of games to go along. It's a lot of just talk about practice and things like that. So if you're listening to this, go back and find episode from Tuesday that you haven't listened to and, and give that a listen as well. I totally would appreciate it. And I love all of you guys. You guys are a great audience and um, we can't do this without you. Thank you all. We'll be back again on Monday with Mondays with Mitch as we're going to continue to dive into the pro day event. Pro day is on today and we'll Mitch and I will have our thoughts on that. See you again soon.